Welcome to our Transgender School podcast. We're here to talk about diverse transgender identities and experiences so that we can all be better allies and advocates. We'll also discuss current events, welcome guests, and share actions you can take to support trans people. I'm Bridget, and my daughter Jackie came out as a transgender woman about four years ago when she was 19 years old. I was totally unprepared, but I have learned a lot since then. And now Jackie and I are passionate about sharing what we've learned. When I came to terms with being trans, I realized that I absolutely needed to transition, but coming out was very stressful. Now that a few years have passed, things have gotten somewhat easier, and I want to help other trans people navigate their own unique experiences. Welcome back to our Transgender School podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Today, we're excited to welcome my dad to the conversation. Yes. Welcome, Neil. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Jackie's dad. (laughs) And so Jackie coming out and actually raising Jackie has been quite the journey for us and our (laughs) family. We have two kids, Jackie and Joanna, and Jackie is our first 23 years ago. And so we thought we would bring Neil in on the conversation for this episode of the podcast to talk a little bit about, well, really about Jackie growing up and our family. And then also, of course, chatting about Jackie coming out and what that was like for all of us and how we navigated that together. So I think it's been quite the experience. What do you think, Neil? Oh, absolutely. You know, you think being a parent is going to be one thing and then it's completely something different. Then you think you're done parenting and you've raised this child and then they come back at you with more parenting. So yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been quite the journey. <laughs> yes, it has in a lot of beautiful and wonderful ways as well as challenging ways. So let's go all the way back to when Jackie was a baby <laughs> and we had no idea what we were in for. We were pretty young when we became first time parents. We were in our mid twenties. Well, you were in your mid twenties. I was in my late twenties, 26, wait, was it 26 and 28? Yeah. Which seems pretty young now. And what I remember is that Jackie was really unhappy as a baby when she first <laughs> arrived. I remember Fussy time, something we called fussy time. Do you remember? What do you remember about that? (laughs) Oh, it was brutal. It was just these every evening around the same time, she would just get fussy and just cry and cry. And there's nothing you could do about it. We tried to feed her, change her, everything. We, oh, we had these lullaby CDs we would listen to over and over again, rocking her, and nothing, nothing worked. Yeah. It was, was, (laughs) the fatigue was tremendous. Yes. And it really only, it seemed like forever at the time, but it really only lasted about three months. And I remember at about three months old, you took her to this adorable baby and daddy massage class. And you learned how to give her tiny little toes a massage and her tiny little body. And do you remember that? Oh, I totally do. Yeah. (laughs) And it was funny because there's all these babies and just doing these basic, you know, movements on them to massage them. <laughs> it wasn't like deep tissue. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you'll do anything as a parent to help your child. Yes. And it did seem to calm her. And at about three months, she kind of mellowed out and, and really became a pretty happy baby and a, a lively, fun baby. And we had a great time with her. And since she was the first in the family of her generation, she got a lot of attention from everybody. And we all really enjoyed that. And oh, another thing we remember that's kind of funny for those of you who don't have kids yet you just just going to be all these things you never <laughs> expect her foot was 
crooked. It was like pointing outward, I think. And so the doctor said, oh, you just have to like spend a couple hours a day holding it, pushing it, like pressing it the right way to reform it. Yeah, you could just remold it. And it came out this way and you just push it the other way. And so we would just spend time doing that every day. And sure enough, the foot just, and it went back. <laughs> And then there was the jaundice, the bilirubin. So we had to put her in, sit with her outside in the sun for a certain amount of time every day. And Jackie's just listening to all of this going, okay, that's enough. (laughs) I think I've heard this all many times before. It's not new information to me. That's for sure. Yes, exactly. So we loved being new parents and we took it very seriously and we learned a lot from it. So we thank you for all that, Jackie. And we were probably a lot more relaxed when your sister came along four years later because we realized that no matter what happened, you were going to survive and you were going to be just fine. So moving ahead, fast forwarding a little bit to more of your kind of elementary school years and teen years and, and all of that, you were pretty intense. You made your thoughts known and you challenged us on things, which is great. You spoke up for yourself. You put us in the position to really have to explain to you why we had certain expectations, which we should do, right? It shouldn't be just listen to us because you're our parents. But I also now looking back had the sense that maybe there was some angst that we weren't aware of and there was a lot going on and, you know, some things that happened like almost burning down the house. I mean, what do you remember from your growing up? Yeah, well, I think the time that I almost burned down the house was probably the uh, closest I flirted with all out disaster. But no, I I definitely loved to ask why I love to give you both a hard time. I love to do things I knew I probably shouldn't. And luckily, that has faded as I've gotten older. But I don't deny it. Yeah, I had a a bit of a mischievous streak for a while there. (laughs) And we laugh about it now and think it's funny and entertaining. But to be on a little bit more of a serious note to kind of transition into what we're talking about on this podcast, Transgender School, you have explained to us and taught us so much about how you were experiencing gender dysphoria as you were growing up, but you didn't have the words to explain what that was, what you were feeling. So looking back, can you just kind of help us and everybody listening understand what that was like? Yeah. I mean, I always knew I didn't like my body. I always knew that I would have preferred to have been born as a cisgender woman, but I didn't really have the words to express that. It was such a foreign feeling that it didn't feel real. It felt delusional. It felt like a fantasy. It felt like something that wasn't worth bringing up because we didn't know transgender people. We didn't talk about being transgender. So I didn't have a concept that I I could actually medically transition and socially transition. Yeah. It's strange looking back now that we just never talked about it. We didn't know about it. We knew people who we had gay and lesbian friends and family members, and we just never talked about that someone could be transgender. No. It was not a model that we were used to working in and it would have been a lot. And that made it hard when you came out because it was very confusing. And it was like, okay, well, I don't get it. If you were to come out as gay, I had the toolbox for that because that's information I was taught and, and we knew about that. But I think that there's not a lot of education on transgender and that made it hard for me. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, since. Since we're on that, like, what do you remember about those very early days when Jackie came out? What was that like for you? What were your 
What were you thinking and feeling? All kinds of different things. I mean, I was definitely very upset and confused. And I'm very much a controlling kind of a person. I like to have control over things. And I felt so out of control as a father. And my whole purpose as a father was to provide and take care of my family. And I felt I didn't know how to do that because my daughter was going through something and suffering and I couldn't do anything about it. And and on top of that, I had my own feelings of, of not understanding it and trying to understand it and being wrong about things too in the beginning, which just made it harder on Jackie and everything. So it was slow going and like you're walking through mud where you just, you can't run and you're used to running, but you can't. But Bridget was amazing. She educated herself real fast and helped me a lot with that. So, and all I wanted to do was be a good dad and be there for Jackie. And it took me a while to learn how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were all kind of stuck in the mud there for a little bit together, but I know that you've learned a lot and I know that you and mom went to support group together. And I know you've talked about how much that influenced you and hearing from other parents who've been through the same thing. The support group was amazing. I've never been to a support group before. And that whole model was really new to me. And I really enjoyed it because there were very genuine people there going through the same thing. And they were all at different stages too, which was great. So you got to hear from people who were much farther down the road. I got a lot of background information. They told me what, for example, your process was, Jackie, before you even came out and how you went through so much. And, you know, I I didn't know that. So that really helped me. So it was very educational in a great supportive environment. So yeah, we're still very much involved with that group. Mm -hmm. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's a very, it's perfect for people who are new to this. Yeah. But I do want to say for people listening, especially if anybody's going through this, that one of the things I regret is that we did wait quite a while to get into the support group. It was almost a whole year after Jackie. It was, yeah. After Jackie came out to us and it's all a blur now because this is four years ago for us. And I feel like it was this really long period that it took me to come around and not to be questioning and challenging Jackie and feeling really being in denial, not really being willing to fully embrace the reality, right, of who Jackie is. But I think in the span of time that we've been going through all of this, that was relatively short. I did read a lot and learn a lot and talk to a lot of people, but we didn't go to the support group till a year later. So I really want to say that if I could go back, I would have gone right away Sure, (laughs) because what we learned there was incredibly helpful a year later would have been even more helpful earlier on for all of us. So that's important to think about. There is a lot of support out there. Most states and communities, there's PFLAG, There are many organizations, specific support groups for transgender people and their families. And so that was really pivotal for us to really start learning and figuring things out. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear you say all that now, because I, you know, I hoped and I had a feeling that you would come around eventually, but it was really hard in the beginning and I I didn't know how long it would take. And I really just appreciate how quickly you both did come around. It's actually surprising to hear that you didn't join the support group until a year after I came out because 
I felt like you came around a lot sooner than that. And I'm so glad that that has been a great resource for you. And yeah, I can't imagine how much more helpful it would have been if you had been able to join sooner. So I'm sure if there's any other parents out there listening to this, um, hopefully that's what they'll take away from it. Yeah. And what about for you, Jackie, if you can share a little more about what it was like for you? Because so you came out to us and then a lot of people didn't know. And there was about something around a five month period before you actually came out socially to, you know, the wider group of people in your life and in our lives, friends and family. And you actually came out on Facebook, <laughs> which was, I think, a really smart thing to do because it must be incredibly emotionally taxing to have to have that conversation with people one on one. So what was all that like for you? Yeah, it was a process. As you know, I had you come out to a lot of our family members for me. And I will always be grateful for that because you really did save me a lot of emotional labor and anxiety there. But when it came to my friends and, and other people, you know, my peers, that was all on me. So I kind of made a list in my head of people who I wanted to reach out to one on one before I did post anything publicly that that the general public or anybody who was friends with me on social media would know. So I spent, I mean, really a matter of a couple months, I think, reaching out to all those people just saying, hey, I know this might sound awkward or out of the blue, but just wanted to let you know I'm transitioning. I'm going by Jackie now. These are my pronouns. And it was really hard the first few times, but I kind of got into a rhythm of it. I would like copy paste the same text and just change people's names and stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think it was a good warm up for coming out to everybody and to the world because it was like a little sample of the anxiety that I was going to experience when I finally did transition full time and finally did get on hormones and all of that. And it, it was hard, but I feel like I'm a much stronger person today because of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And from what I remember, the response was pretty supportive and positive. I remember you were not living at home, but you would come home and visit. And I remember your, some of your friends coming by and it seeming like everything was just the same as always. I, I hope it felt like that for you for the most part. Oh, yeah. I didn't have anybody aside from you guys, which was different because you're my parents. I didn't, I didn't have mm -hmm. any friends or peers directly challenge me. Nobody said, are you sure? Or wow, that's weird. Or nobody said anything offensive. Nobody said anything hurtful. There were people who I never really heard from again after we had that initial conversation. And I try not to read into that because you know, you stop being friends with people for lots of reasons. So the fact that nobody actually said anything to me to confront me about it or to try to hurt me about it really said a lot about living in an accepting society and living in a place where the cultural norm is to accept trans people. I think it really speaks to the value of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there are huge generational differences on this. <laughs> I mean, our friend's generation just did not grow up being knowledgeable and educated on gender diversity and transgender people and not binary people. And, you know, for us, like we were saying, you know, we knew gay people and lesbians and bisexual people. And that was something that we grew up with learning about. And I think in our generation, that became more common and people were, were learning and embracing all of that. But for your generation, it feels it's more around the gender diversity and there's understanding and acceptance and support. And we're so happy to see that. We're so relieved to see that. 
So as far as parents, since we have Neil here with us this time, what have we learned about maybe things that we said and did, or we've heard other parents say and do, that now with all that you know now as a transgender advocate and supportive dad, you would say, these are probably things you might want to avoid. Sure. (laughs) I think, you know, I looked at it as a problem that I had to fix. And so I started throwing possible solutions out there or questions to get at the meat of it and figure things out. And are you sure, or maybe are you gay or is this a phase or all kinds of wrong things to Mm -hmm. say, because I felt like I had to say something and do something right away. And it wasn't until much later that I really learned there was nothing I needed to do at that time, except for show my love and support. That's all I really had to do right then and there. Nothing needs to be done. There's no rush and it's okay to just sit with it. And that was where I stumbled early on. And if I could ever give somebody advice now, I mean, that would be my advice is that just love, love your daughter because there's nothing else you need to do right now. And that's all that they want from you. And they'll ask for specific things if there's specific things. But when you try to do something and you're not prepared you're going to make errors. And unfortunately, it's such a time, an impressionable time and sensitive time that those errors are magnified with the feelings that are going on then. So it's not a good time to make mistakes. So just take it slow. Yeah, the one thing I will always remember you telling me because there was a certain irony to it was that this would make my life harder. And you're not wrong. Being trans does make your life harder, but not transitioning doesn't solve that was, I think, the key mistake there that you guys made at first. And that I think a lot of parents make in not understanding what an internal struggle it is to be trans and to not be out and to not transition and how as much as being out and transitioning might subject you to other social stigma and might subject you to other anxieties and other things. I think a lot of trans people in the end find that it's more than worth it to alleviate that internal pain. Yeah, I think as parents, for me at least, I saw so much suffering. I just wanted that to stop. I wanted to mitigate it somehow. And what I didn't realize, which is what you just kind of explained, was that you actually moving forward, although it's painful, is actually less painful than what it has been in your life that I didn't even realize was happening. So yeah, my whole warped parent viewpoint, it took a long time for that to be opened up and see all the other moving parts and and your own background and feelings. So yeah. It really does feel strange talking about this all now because we so rarely even talk about me being trans and I feel like everything is fine between us. We have such a good relationship. We have our regular Zoom calls with the family on the weekends and everything. So it's, I think it's really a testament to how far you can come, even if parents don't have a great reaction at first, if you're able to turn that around and and make a commitment to being there for your kid, it goes a long way. Yeah. It's never too late. You can always try. If you are a parent out there and there's been conflict and difficulty, please hear us. The The potential to have whatever, the same loving, 
connected relationship you've always had with your child is should be still available to you, right? If you can recognize and affirm who they are and shower them with love. And if apologies are needed, make those apologies we have. Jackie, I think if anything is like, stop apologizing, right? Because <laughs> I'm still apologizing for things I said, you know, four years ago. So yes, by all means, make those apologies, but trust and believe that the love between parents and their children is a very strong bond. It's a force and it, it can transcend, hopefully for you, whatever has happened. I think children want and need their parents. I mean, there's so much research. We share this in our courses and the things that we do. So much research on how outcomes are dramatically better for transgender youth when they have parent support, family support, community support, and everything down to significantly better outcomes if parents make and family make the effort to use the transgender person's name, to use their pronouns, right? That they tell you are their pronouns. These are things that are easy enough to do. And if we haven't been doing them, it's just time to say, okay, I'm going to make this effort now because my misunderstanding and my confusion and my socialization about what I think is right or wrong it doesn't matter anymore. What matters is this is my child and this is who they are and I love them and I support them and I want to be close to them. That's all that matters, right? So that's how I see it. So yes, as Jackie said, <laughs> coming around full circle, we don't really talk about this. It's a little weird, I think, for all three of us to sit here talking about it because even though we connect all the time, we're talking about everything else under the sun, what's happening in current events and politics and our pets and in our lives and who's getting the COVID vaccine or not getting it or whatever. That's where we are in time. If you're listening to this later, it's still COVID times or, you know, who's going out and what's safe and everything that's going on in the world. We all communicate very openly. We don't really talk about this because we've really worked through it. And also be aware, please, listeners, that for a transgender person, it's usually not their favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> like They don't want typically all this attention drawn to the fact that they are transgender. That I always, I like to say to people, I think that's actually the least interesting thing about Jackie. You know, Jackie has so many interests and, and skills and abilities and things that she knows about. And so why would I want to talk we talk about this because we want to educate other people to get to the point where we are. But really, please, as you get to know transgender people, whether they be your child, your coworker, your family member, your student, if you're a teacher, it really shouldn't be such a significant aspect of what you're looking at when you see that person. It's just something they're born with. It's just a form of their diversity. It's a form of human diversity. So yes, of course, by all means, learn about it, educate yourself, learn how to communicate in inclusive and affirming and um, correct ways, but don't place undue attention on it either. We don't want to do that. Would you agree, Jackie? And I said it better myself. Exactly. All right. So I think we've pretty much hit all the points that we wanted to cover as far as bringing in Jackie's dad, Neil, who I happen to be married to. <laughs> <laughs> also, <laughs> we are not that everybody has to stay married. We know, you know, but we are one of those couples that have been together forever. It's, We're still on our first wife and husband. Yes, for, <laughs> for now, you know, no, but no, just kidding. We're very, very happy. No, no, we're not announcing anything, Jackie. Jackie's like, wait, what? <laughs> we have something to tell you. No, we have been married for 27 years together for 31 years. And we're a very happy, loving family. And Jackie, we love you so much. And we're so proud of you for 
everything that you do and who you are and your parents, you know, dream come true. You graduated with honors from college. You're working and succeeding in your field. You do lots of volunteer work. And we just want to make sure you know that we are so incredibly proud of you. And I'm so proud and grateful that you're willing to do this work with me, not just willing, but that you're actively and enthusiastically doing the work with me in transgender school so that we can help other people learn what we've learned and hopefully make the world and families and communities and schools and workplaces everywhere safer and more welcoming and affirming for all transgender people. I love you too. And I'm so excited to be doing this work with you. And thanks for joining us tonight, dad. I know it's not normally your thing, but I think you can help a lot of other dads out there by coming on the podcast and doing this. So hopefully we'll have you as a guest in the future sometime too. Anytime, anytime, Jackie, I'd do anything for you. Oh, that's how it's supposed to be. So we will end on that note and just remind you to please go to our website, transgenderschool.org. And by the time this is released, we will have completed a round of courses. And so we're super excited about that. And we'll be announcing new courses and new offerings and writing and work that we're doing. And come see us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and YouTube and Medium. I wrote a love letter to Jackie, mushy-gushy love letter about how much I love her. And she was nice enough to say, yes, we can publish this and let everybody see it. And so we started our very own Medium page called Transgender School as well. So you can see that love letter there. Did I leave anything else out, Jackie, that we want to make sure people know about? I think that covers it, transgenderschool.org. And we're on pretty much every social media platform at, at transgenderschool, all one word. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you so much. Please share the podcast and we'll see you again next month. See you next month. Thank you so much for listening to our Transgender School podcast. We hope you learned something new and that you're inspired to learn more. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And please be sure to check out our website, transgenderschool.org. You'll find many valuable resources there, including news about upcoming courses we'll be teaching. Make sure to join us for future podcast episodes. We'll catch you on the first Tuesday of every month.